Amen. If you love Jesus, can I get a what? What? Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. Look at your neighbor, slap them high five, and say it's spring, even though it doesn't feel like it. Come on, it's spring. Thank you, Jesus. I just want it to feel like it. How many want it to feel like spring in Chicago? Does anybody feel the way I do? It's, it's, that, it's that meme, you know, uh, it's the guy sitting on the bench talking to the child, you know, and then he says, it's spring, and then the next one, but I live in Chicago, and then the child is crying, and it's just, it's, it's, it's so hard. It's like 30 degrees, and then southern Illinois, Pastor Grogan, where he's from, Urbana, Champaign area, it snowed. They got snow. How did that happen? How did that happen? But the sun is shining, amen? And the days are longer, and for that I am thankful, and I'm alive, amen? And I know you're happy to be serving Jesus, but it's fun to live in Chicago and just wake up and look at the weather and be like, what is going on? You know, just what is happening here, which is so weird. Just let me just say this last thought about this. Is if you ever th think about it, it's a little bit weird because in February we had warmer days than we're having in March, right? Like you notice that, which is weird because we're technically getting closer to the sun. And as you get closer to an oven or to a fire, you get warmer, right? So how in the world a month ago are we colder, uh, well, warmer now? Uh, no, we were warmer then than we are now. Does everybody get that? Well, that, that weirdness that I, I had to actually look up, you know, and it's because of the atmosphere and the barometric pressure and these weird things. But technically, we should be warmer than we were in February, right? If you get what I'm saying, if you just look, I got to explain it now. If you just look at the globe, it goes closer to the sun as it gets towards June, the summer equinox, right? It's getting closer. So it just should be warmer. Like it should be, you know, like how days get longer? In my mind, that's how it should be with temperature. Like, like you know, whenever the equinox is in December 22nd, the next day it should be like 30 degrees. The next day, 31 degrees. Because your days get longer, don't they? You notice that? Okay, let's go to the Bible now. I'm going to do what I do best. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 17, it's the pressure, it's the air, it's the lake, it's the oceans, it's God. He's in control. Okay, today we're going to be talking about putting off grieving the Spirit and put on pleasing God. Today we're going to hit a very important part, not only of this passage, Ephesians 4, 17 through 520, but a very important part of the book of Ephesians, which is the sermon series we are going through verse by verse. And as we are doing it, I hope on Sundays, as I'm preaching on Sundays, you're reading the book on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. You're picking a day out of the week at least to read the whole thing, if not a chapter a day. Here's the breakdown of the book of Ephesians. Here's a good way to look at it. The first four chapters is the heavenly minded, and then the bottom uh, three chapters is the earthly good, or from the four onward there, earthly good. So heavenly minded, we've already covered. Now we're in earthly good instructions for Christian living. And here is the passage we're going through right now, starting in 417. There are 17 parts of the passage that we can break down to learn how to live like a Christian. How many want to live like a Christian? Okay, let's just pause right here and think about this. Are we seeing people who call themselves Christians in the world today, in the majority, in the general sense, living like Christians? No. About 80% of those who claim to be Christians are not living like Christians. 
So just think about that. Their worldview is not as a Christian. They do not see these lists of commands as things they have to abide by. And today, if you're keeping track, we're on number seven. But they're not thinking that greed is a bad thing. They're not thinking that they're even greedy for that matter. They're not thinking that being angry and cussing people out is a bad thing or, you know, uh, stealing. They, they may justify it. You know, I earned this. They didn't give it to me, so I'm going to take it. And all the other things we're going to be learning about, like immorality, having sex before marriage, and these things. The world does it without even blushing. They don't even blush. Like Ellen Degenerate, I mean Degeneres, lives her life without, some of y'all got that. I worked on that for a long time. But anyways, Ellen Degenerate doesn't even blush. She, she's not like, oh, I'm so ashamed that I'm married to Portia, that I'm a lesbian. I feel so guilty. No, as, as a matter of fact, they came out the closet, want to push you in the closet and say, we want you to feel guilty. Christian, we want you to feel guilty for not accepting us, not promoting us, not believing what we're doing is right. You know, like when you listen to your favorite musician, like whether it's Jennifer Lopez or Chance the Rapper or one of these Gucci gang guys, you know, the mumble rap, they're not blushing. They're not, they're not ashamed of their lifestyle. When, when Jennifer Lopez comes out onto the stage, she, she's not like trying to cover herself up like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't see me like this. No, she's like, here I am, see me like this. And then she'll even, and I wish I'm not going to do, she'll even turn around, shake her little fanny, watch it jiggle like this, and be like, look at me, here I am. Come on. You know, I've had to look away watching whatever thing she's been on, you know, whether it's Saturday Night Live or, or a talk show, it's just, you know, a late night show, it's like, what in the world? But this is normal. This is normal. Like, we, we think our girls should grow up to be like Beyonce. We think our, our, our people, the people in our life, should live like this. Like, this is normal. But that is abnormal according to the Bible. That's sinful. Sinful is missing the mark of God's perfection. Well, the reason why I say all of that is because as we read our passage again today for the seventh time, because uh, we're going to read it 17 times as we go through the Christian living messages that we've set up. When I read through this, I want you to get today's message, the scripture we're going to be on. It says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. See, our behavior matters to God. And God is grieved by how we live. God is grieved by those things. And let me just say this before we, we read the passage. Have you ever watched something on TV and it just went too far and it grieved you? How many of you have been there? It's just that was too far. Uh, maybe it was on Facebook. Somebody shared a fight and somebody's just getting knocked out and you're just like, man, too far, too much. You didn't deserve that, right? Or you're, you're, you're at the job and somebody's just getting cussed out and there's just a part of you that goes, man, that's too far. Or bullying, that's too far. Or you're, you're watching something in politics, and you're like, man, y'all just went too crazy on this. Why did you do this, you know? I know some of you feel that way towards Trump or towards Clinton, and you pick your favorites and your sides. But all of us can agree, we just feel that sometimes it just goes too far, right? Well, you know what's going on? Your personal convictions are being grieved. You're being distressed by somebody else's behavior. How much more so God when he looks at our behavior? 
What do you think God senses in his emotions? Because God's an emotional person. We got emotions from God. We're made in the image of God. That's why we're not robots. We're made in the image of God to make choice, to feel anger, to feel sadness, to feel love. So how do you think God feels when he sees this beautiful creation, Jennifer Lopez, how he's made her to be beautiful, to be a mother, to be a wife, to be a leader, to be a singer, watching her show the world what he gave her? How do you think he feels when he watches Gucci gang or he watches these people just be so vulgar, high on drugs, literally taking the mind that God gave them and then instead of having it operate at a 10, they put so many chemicals on it that the dial goes all the way down to a one. Yeah, mumble, 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 rap, mumble, mumble, you know. And it's like, what do you think he feels? What do you think God feels? You know, this is the heart that we need to have today as we read this passage, and we need to understand God is a person. He is not a force. He is not an electric force that, oh, I feel God. No, God is a person. He is the Holy Spirit, and he lives with us, and the Father and Son sent him here to be with us. He is here on behalf of the Father and Son, and he's equal to the Father and Son. Can I hear an Amen. Let's look at the passage. Thank you. Ephesians 4, 17, Paul talking. So I tell you this, and insist on, insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do and the futility of their thinking. You all see that there? We can't live like the non-Christians. We can't live like them and be futile in our thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to the sensual, to the flesh, so to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. See, that's the way the world of, they live by their senses. They are like a brute beast. They're like a pig going after whatever their senses want. You feed a pig garbage, it will eat it. That's what the world is like. Like a pig. And we don't even know. And we've all been like pigs, haven't we, as sinners? And we don't even know how filthy it is until God sets us free takes us out of the muck and the mire and shows us you were deceived. It's not like it takes skill to be a sinner. It's not like it takes skill to lie. It's not like it takes skill to have sex with anything that moves. It's not like it takes skill to, to be greedy or to be jealous or to be a hater. It takes God on the inside of you to be pure, though. It takes God to have you be a person of integrity. It takes God to do the right thing when everybody does wrong. You see, that's where we should put our heroes up and say, these are our heroes, missionaries, missionaries. Think about it like this. Everybody get this in your mindset today. There are beautiful, beautiful female missionaries that can sing as well as J-Lo any given day of the week. And today, they are wearing hijabs, and they are wearing Muslim garments, and they have placed their children into schools in Europe while they have gone underground to work in places like Syria to give their lives for the gospel. You tell me what's going to happen on Judgment Day when J-Lo stands next to them. These were women of God and are women of God who have chosen to not take the pleasures of this world, but to trade it in for Jesus Christ and the gospel. Those are my heroes. Those women, those men. 
Not these young men here who have their pants hanging down and then go stand on corners to fight for corners that will never be theirs. My heroes are young people who go into their schools and proclaim the name of Jesus and get picked on and ostracized and get called names simply because they believe the Bible. That's what it's about. And I know many of us here, we want to be successful, and we ought to have goals to be successful. But I'll tell you what, even if you never achieve million-dollar status, raise your family right, men. Women, raise your family right. Be a good husband or a good wife, and you'll see the inheritance not only in this life but in the world to come. I was just looking up uh, an, an old-time uh, uh, person I used to watch on TV, Alyssa Milano, and I wanted to look her up because I was watching a show, and there was a lady that looked like her, and I was talking to my wife, and I was like, oh, I used to watch this girl, and I looked her up. She's on her third marriage, and she's my age. Could you imagine that, being in your 40s on your third marriage? My friends, don't idolize these people. They're fools. They're full of every kind of impurity. They're full of greed. Verse 20, that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. See, now everyone look up at me, please. The world will call you arrogant when you tell the story of the Bible as if, as if it was true. They'll call you arrogant. They'll say, man, what do you think? God talked to you or something? You, who do you think you are? You think you're better than us? You're going to judge us? You're going to tell me I'm, in full, I'm full of impurity and pride? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm full of greed, man. Who are you to tell me that? They're going to get all upset with you. But you get up, you mumble rap to them, you steal from them, you shuck and jive with them, you make money with them just to use them. They'll love you. They'll call you their friend. They'll put their, your hashtag on their Instagram. They will want your approval. Why? Because they're fools. They will love their poison and hate the thing that heals, their medicine. You are in a world where good is called evil and evil is now called good. Do you understand that? So don't be surprised. Jesus said, don't be surprised when they hate you. They hated me. What are we celebrating for Easter? Jesus' coronation as king in a Disney story where they hoisted him on, his, on their shoulders and ran through the town with him going, he's a jolly good fellow, he's a jolly good fellow. Is that the story of Easter? What did they do to our Savior? They crucified him. They beat him. They whipped him. And that's what they'll want to do to you if they can. I'm not saying everyone has the intention to hurt you and harm you. I'm just telling you their worldview is at enmity with your God. The way they see life is against your God. And so you, in love for your enemy, not anger, but in love for your enemy, you teach them a better way. Amen? Here's the better way. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self, created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. If I, as a preacher, keep talking to you as a sinner, then all I'm doing is expecting you to live like a sinner. But if I talk to you as a Christian, as a Christ-like person, as a righteous person, then I will expect you to live like a righteous person. Amen? Now, some people think, Joe, I can't take that kind of message of holiness from you because you're not wearing a three-piece suit. Three-piece suit pimping pastors are some of the worst people I know. Are you listening? I would rather just live like an ordinary fisherman like the original disciples and show you what true holiness looks like so you don't get it twisted. You can be a whitewashed tomb, look good on the outside and filthy on the inside. You can judge me by my lumberjack, whatever, a flannel I got on. I don't care, 
man, I'm comfortable up here. But here's the deal. I'm holy on the inside because he's made me holy. And you can be truly righteous and truly holy because God gave you a new self in Christ. There's a new self for everybody. There's a new self for Ellen. There is a new self for Jennifer Lopez. How many would like to see her singing in church? How many would like to see Katie Perry get saved again? She was raised in church, was a Christian singer. You can look up her past story. My friends, you were given a new self at the cross. That's why he died, so that you might live. When he was crucified, it was for our wickedness. It was for my wickedness and all of the thoughts that we had, the attitude of our minds. And I tell you these things not to boast, but to show you the kind of wicked sinner I was. I was tripping on acid, and I went home one day, and my mom said, we're going to church. And I'm like, what? I am high. And I'm thinking to myself, I am high on weed, and I am on a 12-hour trip of acid right now. And they said, oh, we're going to a concert. We're going to go. It was like Tuesday afternoon or whatever. And I was in there high as possibly could be. And I want to tell you something. I started to feel so convicted in there. My brain started to have to focus on what that man was saying and what he was beginning to do. And my friends, my heart began to pound. I began to know better. I began to know that I was living a dirty, filthy life. And if I was going to die, I would go to hell. Are you listening? But once that concert was over, I just went right back to my filthy living. And I lived like that for years until I almost died twice, right? You guys have heard my story. And what I'm saying is, man, how long is it going to take you living with your attitude until you change and say, Jesus, change my heart? It's you that's in charge. God's not going to force his ways upon you. God's not going to make you do this thing like you're his puppet, like you're his Pinocchio. But God is looking for people that will just be honest. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i telling you, honesty will change your life when it comes to God. That's really what humility is in the sight of God is just honesty. Because that day that I got saved at my mother's kitchen table, I wasn't thinking to myself, I want to go to that next party. Or I hope there's another girl for me to have sex with. I was like, if there's not a better reason to live right now. I want to die. And I wasn't even suicidal in the sense like take a gun and kill myself. It was just I didn't want to live anymore because life sucked that bad. Now some of you say, well, pastor, I've never felt that and I still don't serve Jesus. must be pretty good for me. No, you're just so deceived. I looked at you as being lame because I went further than you ever did in your mediocrity. See, you'll drink on the weekends. I drink every day. You'll make a little bit of money. I made a lot of bit of money. You understand? You see, those of us who walked on that edge are not boasting. We're just telling you there's nothing there. It's emptiness. Wake up. Just because right now you're saying, well, I haven't gotten that desperate, Joe. I've never been on drugs. I've never done it. Listen to me. It's because you are lukewarm. You haven't pursued the pleasures of life yet. They will all let you down. All of them. Can I hear an all from you? But some may say God is good. Amen. We have been taught. Look at this, look at this church, believers. You've been taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is corrupted by its deceitful desire. Some of you, like Joe, you preach this every time you do this before, before the message. Yes, I'm going to do it 17 times before I even get to the message. Why? Because I want this passage to be in your heart and soul and your mind and for us never to forget it. It should be real to us. You were taught to take it off which is corrupted by his evil desires. Put on the new attitude. Be made new in the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now watch. Because we're created new, now I can live new. Does my child get born first, or does he learn his ABCs first? What happens? 
he's born first. Do you become a Christian first or do you live like a Christian first? You become a Christian first. I become new, so now I can live new. He said, you've been given a new self. Now, therefore, put off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbor. So now we have no excuses to lie. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, don't sin. Don't sin in your anger. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others, others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. How many say amen to that. How many are happy to live a new life? How many are like, man, I'm glad I'm not that old person anymore. Thanks be to God. I was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was dead, but now I'm alive. And now let's read verse 30 together, today's message. One, two, three. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do you see how it ties in with the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit's grieved when you lie. Holy Spirit's grieved when you're perverse. Holy Spirit is grieved when you live selfish. Don't you get that? So those of you who live that mediocre sinful life, let me talk to you just for a little bit. The middle class sinner, can I talk to you? God is grieved because you think you don't need him. You think you don't need a God in your life. You don't need to pray. And it's only those of us who were really bad that need to crush. No, my friends, you're grieving the heart of God. Yes, my child's nine years old and can do many helpful things in the house. But if she was to ever act like she didn't need her mother or I, that would break our hearts. How much more does it break God's heart when you, heart, heart when you walk around acting like you don't need him? Like as if you made the air you're breathing now. As if you made gravity to hold your feet to the ground. As if you made sanity and beauty and joy. God wants us not to walk around feeling like we're worms. No, God wants us as a father to be happy children in the life he's given us, in purity. It's not like he's trying to take away something that's good for Ellen. Don't you guys realize that? A lot of times, it's almost like we think God's taking something good from Ellen. Like, oh man, I feel sorry for her. Because if she got saved, she would have to divorce Portia. She would have to pray and ask God to give her a desire for a man or remain single the rest of her life. Man, poor Ellen. I don't even know if I want her saved. She would lose all of her Hollywood friends. She wouldn't make all the money anymore. I mean, maybe she could still be on Finding Nemo if they do a fourth or fifth one. But, but you know what I mean. She's not going to have all the same friends anymore. She'll be Dory. Come on. It's like, poor Ellen. You know what I'm saying. Poor Hillary, man, she'll have to come out and tell everybody all the lies she did. Poor Donald Trump, he's going to have to tell everybody the truth. Man, who knows what will happen to him. You know, poor, so, poor sinner, it would be so hard for them to be a Christian. And God say, no, going to hell is much harder. Going to hell is harder on the soul in that sense. It's an easier path in the sense of you have no resistance. It's an easier fight because you're already knocked out on the floor. You ain't fighting at all. But it's harder on the soul. The price of sin is a cost that's higher than you could ever imagine. Somebody put that on Facebook. The price you will pay for sin will cost you more than you'll ever imagine. These people don't know the joy that God will give them in the other way of living. They have no idea. My friends, I'm not only here to have fire insurance that I don't go to hell. I'm here because I love pleasure. Do you all understand that? I'm a Christian hedonist. 
Look up the word hedonist, someone that loves pleasure. Hedonism was a part of Greek philosophy. Just do whatever feels good. You see that a lot today in this culture. But my friend, pleasure is not bad. As a matter of fact, God says to us, come to me. In my presence is the fullness of joy, and at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. Everybody look up at me, please. God's pleasure to me is greater than any drug, any high I've ever had. It's not even close in comparison. The love that I have for God, I want everybody to listen to me. I am one of the best fathers you'll ever meet, best husband. But the love that God puts upon me goes deeper than anything my wife or children have ever given me. I, I love pleasure. I love pleasure. I'm like you. I desire the joy of life. And I'm telling you, it's found in God. The Bible says in him is the fullness of joy. The Bible says he gives us joy. It's unspeakable, full of glory. You can't even put it into words. The Bible says even to the sinner, taste and see that our God is good. So for me, grieving the Holy Spirit is not just for, not grieving the Holy Spirit, it's not just for his sake. Like, oh, Dito, don't make the Holy Spirit feel bad. Or like sometimes parents, we say to our kids, now you're going to make your mom upset. Stop doing that. You know, we're not just doing it for his sake. Not grieving the Holy Spirit is also for my sake. First and foremost, it's for God. I would do it even if it hurt. I would serve Jesus even if it hurt. But serving Jesus feels good clear conscience, to know thyself and know thy creator. Woo, that just gives me little goosebumps right now. I know myself. I know myself. So many people drown their self out with technology, drown themselves out in broken relationships. I know myself. I don't have to put on yoga-tight pants and do the crooked chicken and be a vegan either. I can dress like a man and eat meat. And I can pray in the woods, hallelujah, and I know myself, and I know my God, and I know his voice. Don't always get it right, but I know his voice, and I know when he speaks because he's preparing me for the day of redemption, amen? Because of that, get rid of all bitterness. Rage, anger, brawling, slander, every form of malice. Why? Just because your teacher said so when you were growing up, your mama said so. No, get rid of it because it grieves the Holy Ghost. God said so. So I'm not saying I don't get angry. I'm not saying I don't get upset with people. But here's the thing. I'm not going to let anger control me. I'm not going to let fighting control me. I'm not going to let slander, bitterness control me. I'll forgive you and let God judge you before I'll let my heart be Bitter again. Hello, somebody. Has anybody ever been bitter? Are you glad you're better now? I'll never let my heart get bitter again. I was bitter even as a Christian for about a year, the worst year of my Christian life. When we get there, I'll tell you about it. I'm telling you, bitterness is just like the meme says. It's drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. You should not want them to die. Pray for their salvation, even if they're the most wicked of vile sinners. People in the Holocaust forgave the, the Nazis. I'm telling you, you can forgive your enemy. Even Jesus forgave those who crucified him, but left judgment to God. Doesn't mean it's right. It just says, I got to do what's right. Get rid of all of these things, every form of malice. Be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love just as Christ gave himself up for us as a fragrant, loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of what? Sexual immorality or any kind of what? Impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. You see what, what the problem is here? Do you guys see it? 
Now, am I prideful for saying these things? Am I prideful for, for telling you that we've got to avoid these things? Any sex outside of man, woman, and marriage sex is immoral sex. Are you listening? It's, it's, it's immoral sex. Anything that you do that's sexual in nature, touching, petting, oral, all of these things, talking that's not according to God's word is impure. Greed to take what doesn't belong to you, including your air, your brain, this life, everything, and not give it back to God is all greed, pride. Those are improper for God's holy people. Amen. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, because these are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. That's why we don't laugh at what they laugh at. Sometimes I get convicted. I'm like, man, I probably shouldn't have laughed at that because the Holy Spirit gets grieved. If you pay attention, the Holy Spirit gets grieved. I remember somebody going, man, you should watch Orange is the New Black. And I'm like, man, you should get saved. I don't care if it's a you know, funny show because that humor is not going to be in my heart. I don't want to laugh at what God calls sin. And you better guard your heart from those things, amen? But be thankful. And because of what? I mean, this. listen, did I make this up or did the Bible say it? For of this, you can be sure. This is what you can be sure of, black and white, whether I was here reading this to you or not, this would be in your Bible. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So you live like this, you have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Nothing. Nothing. The Bible literally says you have no inheritance, none, in the kingdom of God. You do not have any. Do you want an inheritance in the kingdom of God? Amen. Let's do it. Let me just say this. I'm doing a series right now in the the chapels at SUM going through the book of Acts. Do you know that in the book of Acts, prostitution was legal, just like it is right now in, in Nevada, you know, in the Roman Empire? Do you know that sex with children was legal? Even the emperors did that? My friends, this was true then, even when everything was legal. It's true now. You understand? I don't care what the culture around you is doing. Like, it would be, like, just shocking to us to see a president have sex with men and boys and orgies. We would just be like, oh, my gosh, you are the craziest thing. That was their Caesars. And they called these people Lord. Caesar is Lord. That's why when they said Jesus is Lord, that was fighting words for the Romans. It didn't matter if Jesus was a god. That did not bother the Romans. Everybody who studies Christian history knows this. It was when they said Jesus is Lord. Game over. You're done. We're killing you. We're taking your property. And they said it willingly because they're like, this disgusting sinner is not God among men. God among men was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the leper, gave himself freely upon a cross, suffered and bled for us, raised again on the third day, showed himself to our apostles, and is coming back again to bring his kingdom on the earth. Amen. So be sure of this. No one who does those things has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. How many want goodness, righteousness, and truth? Amen. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do. Watch what it says here. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's why we mentioned them here. 
We expose them. But then it says it's shameful, shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. In my research of some of the Mardi Gras, the things are going to a whole nother perverse level. Literally, I can't even tell you what they're doing now. In the homosexual community, at the gay pride parades, uh, in public right now, what is becoming more acceptable. I can't even mention it. I don't mention it because this is, uh, uh, the Bible says, shameful. But I will tell you, people who live sinful and sinful behavior in general, so we'll avoid it, as the previous verse says. Verse 13, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it said, wake up, sleep, or rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. How many of you have Christ shining on you? Amen. Now watch this. Look at the warning here. Be very careful, then, how you live. Should you be careful? Should you be careful, yes or no? Should you make time every week to come and check on how you're living in a place called church as the word is preached? Yes, you should be that careful. You should keep coming back, getting the instructions and meeting throughout the week, even in Bible studies and being accountable, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are, the days are evil. Does our Bible paint a, a fake picture of the world? No, it doesn't. I was watching one of these shows, and they always have the Christian as the dim-witted one. I was watching, um, what's that show called, Nancy, that we watch? No, no, no. Yeah, Cloud Nine. Yeah, that's the store, but what's the name of the show? Superstore or something? I don't know. I'm lame. I guess none of you guys watch this show, but I'm lame. I watch it. And the Christian's on there. And this guy's the lamest possible dude ever. He's partly effeminate, too, because they always make the Christian a closeted gay person. They did that on Parks and Rec as well. And I'm like, number one, number one. Y'all sissies writing these shows in Hollywood, come around here to the men I got in this church and let me see you stand up next to them. Because y'all don't have what we have in this church. First of all, when it comes to testosterone, are you listening? You people in Hollywood, fruits, nuts, and flakes keep making us to be effeminate. There's one thing I have never been called in my whole life, and that is effeminate. Are you listening to me? That's the first thing is I want to take these writers on a walk through the Christian hood, amen? I want them to meet some of the hombres de Dios, the men of God around here, and say, who are you writing these scripts after? Because we are not effeminate, lip-wristed Christians that speak with lisp. Nothing against those who do per se will love gentle, effeminate men and help become a more manly man. Are you listening? Not that I'm against you personally. I'm just telling you that's not who men of God are. That's why I love when they were showing you the documentaries of Billy Graham, a handsome, strong, straight-standing man that spoke to leaders and they respected him. That's what we are in this culture, first of all. Second of all, this dim-winded, effeminate Christian walked around talking one day in an episode, I think everybody's good and born good. That's what my Christian belief teaches me. And it's like, no, you are so far in the left field. That's what Oprah taught you. That's what New Age taught you. Let me tell you what the Bible teaches us. The world is wicked and evil and we're born as sinners. Wake up. Be wise. Don't be unwise. The devil, our real enemy, has been at this for 6,000 years, and he is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He is not coming to you with a pitchfork and horns. He is coming to you with pleasure. He is coming to you with YouTube videos and half-naked women. He is coming to you with promises of success. He is coming to you with oceanside condos, and he is getting you by your heart saying, I got what you need. So don't walk as unwise. Walk as wise. 
Don't fall for his tricks. Don't fall for the pleasures of this world. They will let you down every time. Don't substitute. Don't, listen, listen. Don't substitute a pothole puddle in Chicago for the ocean of God's great plan for your life. You want to go take a vacation at a Chicago pothole puddle? Go get around the puddle. Put out your chair, sit in it, get your little drink. Come on, I know you all like to take vacation. You going to take one to a Chicago pothole? Praise God, I'm so thankful there are beautiful beaches in this land. Amen. Places around the country that know how to follow the calendar. Amen. Beaches. And I know we've got a good beach here. It just needs to act like it's spring at that beach. Amen. Get us into the 60s at least. I don't want a Chicago pothole life. I want the beach of God's glory. The days are evil, but God is good. Therefore, do not be foolish, but know what the Lord's will is. Understand it. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. See how the Spirit helps us to sing songs? See how the Spirit uses us to make music in our hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, somebody say amen. I want you to see today's message again here in another a version. The NLT says it like this, and don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. My friends, when you think about the beauty of being a spiritual soul in a body, my friends, is it too much then to think that God would send his spirit to live in your body, to dwell with you? The Bible literally calls your body the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is not the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are. He is sent here to the Christian to make them a new creation and to literally encourage them about the kingdom to come. The Holy Spirit is a taste of heaven inside of you right now. That's why we say when we're in Christ, we are as close to heaven as we will really ever be because that's where the Holy Spirit is. We can focus on Him or we can focus on this world. How many want to focus on the Spirit? And I'm not talking about Shirley MacLaine. Uh, McLean, uh, McLean? Shirley MacLaine? Back in the day running down the beach going, I'm God, I'm God. No, you're not God, but God is in you. Know the difference. You're not God. I'm God. No, I'm a fool. You're a fool, my friend. But I have God in me. I have God in me. He walks with me. He talks with me. He makes his will known to me. What does the word grieve mean? It means to make sad or offend. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is a person just as much as the Father and the Son are? In Matthew 28, 19, it says, in the name, singular, of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Can I give you 14 things that the Holy Spirit does in your life? And if you believe and accept and, uh, and believe and love these things, can I hear an amen after each one? The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. He permanently indwells the believer. He seals us. He teaches us. He guides us into all truth. He reminds us of God's word. He bears fruit through us. He comforts us. He equips us. He fills us. He empowers us. He brings judgment. Come on. He gives us the mind of Christ. And he gives us the identity of Christ. That's who you are today. 
The Bible says he has sealed you. Listen to Paul's analogy as you look at the, the, the picture here. The Holy Spirit has sealed you for the day of redemption. He is literally the mark of this seal upon your soul. Today, He is what protects you from the world. When we say scriptures like, greater is He that's within me than He that's in the world, we're literally talking about the Holy Spirit. You said, you may say, Pastor, I thought that was Jesus. Yes, that's true. When the Father sent the Son, the Son represented the Father. But then the Son ascends back to heaven to be with the Father. But watch, in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus said, now I'll send the Spirit, and He'll not only represent me, He'll represent the Father. Jesus literally used the plural. He said the Holy Spirit will represent us. So the Father, Son, on thrones in heaven, like the book of Revelation says. But from the throne comes a mighty river as clear as glass that looks as crystal. And there it comes into our lives. And on the day of Pentecost, it came like a flame upon their head and gave them new languages. When you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes as the water. Just as your physical body came from the birth canal of your mother's womb and the water was broken, your spiritual life comes from the water of heaven. Then he empowers you with that fire, with that energy to live for God. He then speaks to you the intelligence, the mind, the will of God. He leads you and guides you. And the Bible says one day he will make you the beautiful bride of Christ and transform you into the glorious image of Jesus. That as Jesus got a resurrected body, we will have a resurrected body. How beautiful is the church today in the sight of God. The Holy Spirit is preserving her for that day of redemption. For that day we are transformed to live like Jesus. So you may say, Pastor, how do I do it then? How do I not grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, Paul taught us this in his other book, in the people, to the people of Galatia. This is what he said. He said in Galatians 5.19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, much of the list we've already heard today. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Remember, I told you people were crazy back then too. Now look at what he says. Paul says this. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? You live just by your brain and your senses like a wild beast by whatever feels good to this physical sensuality. You won't inherit the kingdom of God. But what does God want to do on the inside of you through the Spirit? But, look at the word but there, verse 22, but, because it continues on, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now watch, the other things you can't do and go to heaven, this one, you can't do enough of it. You'll never get in trouble. Against such things, there is no law. You can have as much love as you want. You can have as much joy as you want. Come on. You can have as much joy as you want. You just don't have to pay $1.99 for it at the liquor store and wrap it up in a paper bag. Come on. They used to call that liquid joy. You can have as much patience as you want. Kindness. Goodness. I mean, these are the things of God. Now watch. It's an entire passage that I just broke down. I showed you the flesh in verses 19 and 21. That's the bad stuff. I showed you what the Spirit wants to do in your soul 
in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and then it continues on, tells you what to do in the middle there. Verse 24, those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us now keep in step with the Spirit. So those of us who are going to come here on Easter or go to a life group on Good Friday, because all three of those Friday life groups are going to have special communion and Good Friday life group and the youth as well, guess what we can say? We can say, when Jesus died, my flesh died with him. When he died, my stinking thinking died. When he died, my love for sin died. And when he rose again, he rose as a seed being planted in the ground bearing fruit. He said, when a seed is by itself, it does nothing. But if it dies, it will produce fruit. Jesus was the seed that went into the ground that the Holy Spirit can now produce fruit in many people's lives. Isn't that such a beautiful analogy? Him going in that grave was germination for the soul. He defeated death, hell, and the grave, ascended to heaven, presented his blood to the Father, and got all the authority on heaven and on earth. That's why he raised from the dead and told his disciples, all of the authority is mine now. Go and make disciples of the nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is with us by the Holy Spirit, and he's bearing that fruit. Do you notice that those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires? And now we live by the Spirit, so we walk by the Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Do you believe it today? I believe it. I'm honest with you. I am honest with you, friends. If I didn't believe it, I would tell you there's something hidden here. and There's something that doesn't line up. But the Holy Spirit has never let me down. I want to encourage you to aim today, to set your focus on the target of pleasing the Holy Spirit in all that you do. And if you would say, Pastor, I don't know the Holy Spirit. That's okay. I didn't know him either until I was born again until I accepted Jesus into my life by repenting of my sins, the Holy Spirit came. And this is what happened in my life since I told a lot of my story today. When I got saved that day, and I was still high on drugs, but when I got saved that day, you know what came through stronger than the high? Was the Holy Spirit. And literally, and I've told you guys this before, literally I said to myself, there's no high like the most high. I wish I would have done this earlier. I wish I would have done this earlier. Because I remember I told you I was in that concert. I could feel the pull of the Holy Spirit. And it was like, I wish I would have given in earlier. Surrender is what the Holy Spirit wants. It's like you are the warden of the prison you are in. You have the keys for the jail cell of your own soul. And the Holy Spirit is there knocking at the door of your prison cell saying, will you let Jesus in? He's saying, will you let the Father in? And we'll make our home with you. And when you say yes to Jesus on behalf of the Father, the Holy Spirit rushes in, sets you free. And not only just sets you free from the prison cell, changes you from the inside out. 
Prisoners can come in and out of cells but still be in a prison mentality. I know that messed me up going to jail more than anything. So I feel for those who go into penitentiaries for a long period of time. It messed me up. So you can come out with a mentality of a prisoner even though you're out of jail. But that's not what the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't just take you out of sin. He transforms your very nature from being a prisoner to being a son or daughter of the king. And then every day, every day, what's it like? Come on, Christians, what's it like? Those of you who have already accepted Jesus and the Holy Spirit with, is with you, what's it like every day? It's literally every day is Christmas. <laughs> you got to get that. Every day is Christmas. You wake up and you unpack. Unpack literally the presence, the P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S of the Holy Spirit by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The presence, the P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E -E of the Holy Spirit brings you presence every day and you unwrap it. You just, you're surprised. I'm telling you, man, I am so surprised every day at what God does. My dad uh, talked about in his life, because he's over 70 now, that he would have to sometimes walk with Jesus just a day at a time. And I remember him talking to my friend who was also coming off drugs. He was uh, 40 years old last year. Remember, we talked to him on the phone on a three-way. And I got my dad on a three-way with my friend. He was a drug dealer. He, just, he did it all the way into his 40s. And his brain was so messed up. He was on so many drugs. And he was coming down. And everything was wrong with his body. And he was going to the psychologist. And they were giving him all that stuff. And it just was, his world was spinning. And I remember my dad saying this to him. When I came to Jesus, son, when I came to Jesus, I had to go one day at a time. And then he said it like this, and almost tears started coming down my eyes because I could relate. He said, and there were some times I had to go one moment at a time. And I just began to think about my life, and I was like, man, there were so many times that sin could have crushed me like a wave, but Jesus would come stand in front of me like a standard and block it from coming. That's what the Holy Spirit does. There would be times when thoughts would enter my mind, just temptations and fears. And I could sense the Holy Spirit right there saying, don't you believe that, Joe? Don't you believe that? That is not you. There is a plan for you. And even as a pastor, when I faced dark times, and you know what I mean in darkness, I mean, you can't even see your hand in front of you. The world around you is spinning so fast. You feel like you're falling in a black hole and you just can't see it. Jesus would just come through the Holy Spirit and he would just light the match of God's word and begin to illuminate a path before me. And he would say, Joe, just take a step with me. And then I would take that step and he would say, Joe, now just take this other step. And I would just watch the Holy Spirit walk me through the landmines of life. People around me would be getting blowed up a thousand at one side would be destroyed ten thousand at another but I would walk through this and the destruction not even come near me I don't know about you friends today but the Holy Spirit has been good to me it is an honor to know God and to know yourself and the Holy Spirit is that porthole between you and God. He is the Wi-Fi of heaven. He is what connects you to the Father and the Son and he's more than a force he is a person Amen.
Would you just stand with me, please, as the altar workers and band come? And would you give the Holy Spirit a hand clap today of praise on behalf of what he's done? Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you the honor and we give you the glory on behalf of all that you've done for the Father and the Son today. We glorify you, O Rahuk of Yahweh, the Spirit of Yahweh. We honor you today. We love you, Holy Spirit. We say you are welcome here. My life for your glory. My body is your temple. Make your home with me. Y'all stop praising. I kept praying. Are you tired today? Come on, somebody. Give God your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to come. If you're not born again, be born again now. The Bible says unless you are born of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Believe in Jesus. Confess your sins and open wide your heart. The Holy Spirit will come. In those who are already saved, raise up your hands and ask Him to fill you afresh in a new today. The Bible says don't get drunk on wine, but be filled again and again with the Holy Spirit. Rivers run through me today. Love of God, run through me today. Let's go. Come on, let's go, saints, to the heavenly realms. Let's give our hearts to Jesus. Pour forth your soul to the maker of your life. The Holy Spirit, the one who was breathed in Adam and Eve, the one that Jesus breathed on his disciples, is here today. He is the breath of God. The Numa. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Let your spirit have his way. Let your spirit take over. In the name of Jesus. Those who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit been given the tongues of angels. Would you begin to speak them out now? They don't speak English in heaven, friends. They speak the tongues of heaven up there. Let the Holy Spirit give you the code of heaven. Let him baptize you with languages not learned among men. And may the fire of God flow through you now. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Fire! Come on, saints, those who have already received him in power. Continue to speak in tongues, those who have not. Begin to listen to the sound of heaven.
Be free from your sins. Whatever habit you have that you think you can't break, let it fall off you now in Jesus' name. Chains are broken in the presence of the Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. As we get ready to dismiss, I want everyone to look up at me, please. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, this altar will be open for you. If you have sin in your life that you want to be broken off like a chain breaking, this altar is for you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, this altar is for you. And if you want to be a wild, blazing, inferno fire for Jesus and want someone just to lay hands on you, this altar is for you. We're going to get ready to dismiss. Father, we ask you to bless us now as we get ready to go. May we never grieve the Holy Spirit, but please Him in all that we do. Those who have to go, I pray you bless them and encourage them with today's word. And those who stay for the after party at these altars, I pray in the name of Jesus that they are changed from the inside out, that they'll never be the same again, that they will experience a high like no other, that they will know the Holy Spirit in person. They will know the Holy Spirit in their soul today. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Come on, give God a hand, clap of praise, and say amen if you believe it. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. If you want to pray, come on up. Let's get it on with the Holy Ghost today. God bless you. Thank you for coming. This is the after party. Let's go. Come on.